Hello, word nerds. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. I'm not going to say the name because you should know what it is. My name is Spencer. I am here to read you words and stuff. Uh, yesterday, I was editing some episodes of this podcast, and I realized that this, I think, is a really good podcast for kids. Uh, it's not explicit. I don't swear. Um, it's learning words. It's learning etymology, Latin, Greek, other languages. Uh, so if you are a listener and you know some kids, probably between the ages of, I don't know, 5 and 15, um, maybe pass this along to them. Uh, it would be a really great way for them to learn new words, because I know I am learning a ton of words. So with this realization, I don't think I'm going to change the podcast really in any way. I may uh, say a few extra kid-friendly things every now and again, uh, but in general, it's going to stay pretty much the same. But I highly recommend that you recommend this to kids in your life. All right, let's get to the words. Uh, we are on the last word of page 43 because it goes on to page 44, so I will have to do a page flip. This is anaclitic, A-N-A-C-L-I-T-I-C. This is an adjective from 1922 of relating to or characterized by the direction of love toward an object as the mother that satisfies non-sexual needs as hunger. The etymology says this is from the Greek uh, anaklitos, uh, which is from anaklinin, I think that's the verb, uh, which means to lean upon, and that is from cleaning, which means to lean. So adding ana at the beginning uh, makes it to lean upon, and there's more at the word lean, l-e-a-n. Next word is anacoluthin. I think that's how it's pronounced, A-N-A-C-O-L-U-T-H-O-N. This is a noun from circa 1706. Syntactical inconsistency or incoherence with a sentence, especially a shift in an unfinished sentence from one syntactic construction to another, as in, quote, you really ought, well, do it your own way. So I think what it's saying is basically there's, there's an idea, there's a thought, and then you sort of interrupt yourself, you haven't finished the thought, and then you move on to something else, uh, or, or just finish that and, and say something else. Uh, I know some people who talk this way, so I guess I would say that they speak in a anacoluthan way, or, or actually anacoluthic, that's the adjective. Uh, they speak in an anacoluthic way when they're constantly not finishing thoughts. Uh, and anacoluthically is an adverb. The etymology says this is from the Greek uh, anacoluthon, uh, spelled slightly differently, which means inconsistency in logic. Uh, that is the neutral of anacoluthos, which means inconsistent. This is from akoluthos, which means following. And this is from Kilithos, kiluthos, which means path, P-A-T-H. All right, next we have anaconda. This is a noun from 1768. A large semi-aquatic constricting snake of the boa family of tropical South America that may reach a length of 30 feet, also 9.1 meters, and broadly any of the large constricting snakes. Yeah, those snakes are huge. I've seen photos of a bunch of people holding up one. It's probably a dead one. 
and it takes a lot, a lot of people to hold those things up. The scientific name is Eunectis uh, or Eunectes murinus. The etymology says this is uh, probably a modified form of the uh, Sinhalese word uh, Hanakandaya, uh, which is a slender green snake. And there's a little black and white picture of an anaconda, uh, but this one is only a, a couple inches long, opposed to the 30 feet of a real anaconda. Next we have anacreontic. Boy, there, other than anaconda, I don't know any of these words. Uh, A-N-A-C-R-E-O-N-T-I-C. This is a noun from 1656. A poem in the manner of anacreon. Don't know who that is. Especially a drinking song or light lyric. And now we have a related word, anacreontic, with a capital A. This is an adjective. Maybe it's not related. It sure seems like it should be. Yeah, it is. This is an adjective from 1611, one of relating to or resembling the poetry of Anacreon. And again, still don't know who that is. Two, convivial or amatory in tone or theme. So the difference between this word and the previous one uh, is that the first one is a noun. So it's an actual uh, song or, or lyric uh, that is Anacreontic. The other one, the second one I read, is an adjective. So it's something in an Anacreon way. Maybe Anacreon is not a person, uh, but it's actually a place or location. I may have to look into that. All right, next we have Anacrusis, A-N-A-C-R-U-S-I-S. This is a noun from 1831. One or more syllables at the beginning of a line of poetry that are regarded as a preliminary to and not a part of the metrical pattern. Two. We have the synonym upbeat, specifically one or more notes or tones preceding the first downbeat of a musical phrase. So I have a bit of a musical background, so that one makes a little bit more sense for me. Uh, and if I remember correctly, every once in a while in a piece of music, right before the first measure, uh, there would be maybe one or two notes from what would have been the previous measure, and it just sort of leads into the normal part of the song. And it sounds like with poetry, uh, there is a similar situation. I don't know if I ever realized that it was called anacrusis, though. All right, next we have anadama bread. A-N-A-D-A-M-A, -A -A, second word, bread. Uh, this is a noun from 1954. A leavened bread made with flour, cornmeal, and molasses. Sounds interesting. It says the origin is unknown. Uh, where that word comes from. So they, they don't even have a, a location on the world of where it could have come from. That is pretty interesting. I might have to go to that etymology website to see if they know more. Now we have anadem, A-N-A-D-E-M. This is a noun from 1598. It's archaic. A wreath for the head. Synonym is garland. I think part of the reason why that is archaic is because people don't usually put wreaths on their head anymore. Uh, this used to happen many, many years ago, but uh, I can't remember the last time I saw somebody walking down the street with a wreath on their head. The etymology is from Greek uh, anadima, which is from amadin, which means to wreathe. And that is from ana plus din, which means to bind. And there's more at the word diadem. Next, we have anadiplosis. That's a fun word. A-N-A-D-I-P-L-O-S-I-S. 
This is a noun from circa 1550. Repetition of a prominent and usually the last word in one phrase or clause at the beginning of the next, as in rely on his honor, honor such as his question mark. It doesn't say who that's from or where that's from, but that's the quote. The etymology says this is from the Greek anadiplosis. I guess that's the same word, which literally means repetition, and that is from anadiplone, which means to double, and that is from diplone, which also means to double. And there's more at the word diploma. Why? What? Wh- how did they get diploma from diplone, which means to double? Diploma is just a one thing. It's a piece of paper.、Uh, so I don't know where double comes into it. Now we have anadromous, a n a d r o m o u s. This is an adjective from circa 1753. Ascending rivers from the sea for breeding, as in shad are anadromous. I'm assuming shad are fish.、Uh, it says compare to the word catadromous. So it has the same ending, but it starts with c a t instead of a n. So That's probably the opposite,、uh, and maybe it's descending rivers from the sea for breeding. I don't know. The etymology says this is from the Greek anadromos, which means running upward, which is from anadromine, which means to run upward, and that is from dramine, which means to run. And there's more at the word dromedary, which is a camel. Now we have anemia or anemic. It is spelled a n a e m i a. Or a n a e m i c, depending on which word we're talking about, and this is a chiefly British variation of anemia and anemic, without the second a. Now we have anaerobe, a n a e r o b e. This is a noun from 1884, an anaerobic organism. So if there's an organism that's anaerobic, it's called an anaerobe. And now we have anaerobic. This is an adjective from circa 1881. One a living, active, occurring, or existing in the absence of free oxygen. So those anaerobes、uh, don't have free oxygen, as in anaerobic respiration or anaerobic bacteria. One b of relating to or being activity in which the body incurs an oxygen debt. D e b t, as in. Anaerobic exercise. Two, relating to or induced by anaerobes. Anaerobically is an adverb. Now we have anaerobiosis. Anaerobiosis. Blah blah doop dasus.、Uh, this is a noun from circa 1889. Life in the absence of air or free oxygen. Now we have a bunch of words that are the chiefly British variations of a bunch of other words, and you can probably guess、uh, the spelling difference. So these words are anesthesia, anesthesiologist, anesthesiology, anesthetic, anesthetize, and anesthetist. One, two, three, four, five, six words.、Uh, so the American English. Uh, spelling. I'll just give you the first word is a n e s t h e s i a, and the British form is a n a e s t h e s i a. Again, it, they just added a second a in there.
and I was not paying attention at all, and we went well past uh, my normal spot for ending the episode. So we'll end it there, and uh, the next one might just be a little shorter. All right, thank you for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, share, uh, contact me, say hi, whatever. All right, thank you. Goodbye.